I'm Jamie Lewis, a food and drink writer based in San Luis Obispo, California. And this is Consumed, a podcast about eaters, drinkers, makers, and thinkers across California and at its heart, the Central Coast. Thank you for listening. Consumed is sponsored by my friends at Slow Life Magazine. I remember when Slow Life first came out, it was a skinny but mighty magazine intent on sharing the stories of people who live, work, play, and give in San Luis Obispo. Today, the magazine is no longer skinny at all. It packs loads of interviews, information, inspiring stories, and my food column, which covers dining trends up and down the coast. Find Slow Life in your mailbox every other month by subscribing at slowlifemagazine.com. Spouses who meet and marry in the hospitality industry are not unusual, but spouses who meet and marry while working at Per Se in New York City are rare. It takes a special kind of person to land at a three Michelin starred restaurant of such renown, and Daisy and Greg Ryan are both that kind of special person. They bring their storied careers to bear on their restaurant, Bells, in Los Alamos, where the cuisine centers on classic French bistro food, simple working-class dishes executed with Michelin star attention and precision. Greg manages the restaurant and Daisy is the chef, so it's a truly housemate affair. We talked about how they first met, the arc of their careers, and about what it's like to leave the big city to buy a restaurant in your old stomping grounds. The Ryan's two-year-old son, Henry, also joined them here. He was an amazing guest who enjoyed watching Paw Patrol during most of our visit, but we were able to get him to share about his favorite food at the end of the interview, too, just like mom and dad did. Here's my talk with Daisy and Greg Ryan. Oh, and Henry, too. You guys, uh, you opened in 2018, is that right? Yes. Okay. It well, must have been. We'll have to make some eyes at each other to see who's going to answer. Yeah. Go ahead. I think it was right after you opened, at least within a couple of months I came in, I was writing a story for Fathom Magazine and I stayed yeah. up at Skyview and I came to you guys and um, it was it was some kind of a French dip sandwich and I, it was one of my favorite ever. It was so special. Am I right? Was yeah, it a French it's dip? it's still on the menu. It's never been on the menu since day one and okay. has not changed actually in I don't think we can say that about many of the dishes that are on the menu today, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's a- super, I mean, I remember it being like salty, crazy, like good salty. I love salt and umami and all of the good things. It was just wonderful. And then I came to an event in Los Alamos. It was an evening dinner that I can't even remember what the theme was, but it was all the different, um, most of the different restaurants in Los Alamos came together to do a course and it was it was good. Well, that was part of the the uh, taste SYV. Yes, yeah. it was good, but I didn't know which course you all had. And my husband and I were like, "God, this salad is what is happening with this salad? <laughs> it's so good." And I come to find out that was your course, and that was the standout. And usually, a salad is not a standout course. So well done, thank you. I don't remember I'm, what I was take, in that. I take my salads very seriously. Yeah, uh, good on you. It was uh, it was kind of a take on like a Leonese salad. So it was it was just frisée, uh, oven roasted tomatoes. I think did we do there was bacon, bacon and uh, like lardones and then um, a black truffle vinaigrette. No, it was fantastic, totally. Um, so you grew up here, Daisy, or here ish? Cent- yeah, Central Coast. I grew up in uh, the San Inez Valley. Okay, yeah. so um, yeah. And you did you go to school? 
there? I mean, did you go to private school? Do I remember? Yeah, we, my parents um, and I moved from Los Angeles when I was five to the Valley. And uh, yeah, I went all through elementary school there, just Ballard Public School. And then um, I ended up going to the private high school in the Valley. Done. So did you grow up in Ballard? Um, I, I mean, kind of it's, uh, Ballard is the tiniest little town. I think it's unincorporated. So it's actually part of, uh, the solving, yes. um, school district, but yeah, I grew up, So solving technically is where, where my parents live. I had a friend who grew up in solving and said it was pretty small. It was like a small lifestyle. It seems so picturesque yeah. and pastoral to us now, but she said it was a little bit quiet for a kid yeah uh i mean yeah but it's like anywhere there's you know played sports and Mm. uh it's certainly a larger place than where greg grew up where'd you grow Uh, i grew up about 20 25 minutes south of portland uh kind of right on the way to wine country uh much like daisy like my my address said donald but or i'm sorry my address said aurora but i was more close i was closer to another town we lived i lived i grew up on a farm Mm. So my uh, family has essentially like a, a century farm. We've had it for about 150 years, wow. three or uh, maybe even four or five generations. And uh, yeah, I had a high school of about maybe 250 kids, maybe. Whoa. And uh, I think our graduating class was somewhere around 70 in high school, I think. Maybe a little bit more. I might be exaggerating. Um, but yeah, it was definitely in a much smaller place than even the valley in, yeah. in that in that sense. <laughs> did you break the chain on farming? Your parents? I did. Well, my father told me to. He told me I had to leave. Um, yeah. it, was, it was just like small farms like we did. Uh, I think at the, at the most, when I was in high school, we probably were running about 500 acres. A lot of that was, you know, like we don't have to get into the... Oh, what did you just farm? Except, well, yeah. mostly grass seed. <laughs> it seems kind of silly. Uh, it's not very romantic. It's not very romantic. Yeah. yeah, there weren't a lot of, we didn't have any animals. That had all kind of passed. Yeah, that is the least sexy farm I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very well manicured. It wasn't even sod. It wasn't even like, it was essentially the way I always try to explain it to people is that you there's a, you grow grass seed and there's like kind of three types. If you think of it like a golf course, you mm-hmm. have what's known as ryegrass, which is typically the fairway. You have tall fescue, which would be the rough. Mm-hmm. And then you have bent grass, which is like the green. Green. Yeah. So everything is it's like anything else. It's market-based and you, everything is purchased by a pound and it goes up and down every day. And uh, uh, it's much more like kind of implement focused. So as a kid, you learned how to drive combines and tractors yeah. and do stuff on the road and moved irrigation pipe and it was good. I paid my way through college hmm. working for my parents. And, um, but at a certain point my dad was just like, you got to get out of here, like go do something. And, uh, uh, I was supposed to, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, gone to law school. Super common. I don't know. You've probably everybody, found like, But everybody, like, I feel like everyone tells him that. Like, it's like, yeah. well, but I feel like in, uh, in food, there are a lot of people who were pre-law and then, you know, and so, yeah, gears. it was kind of one of those things that where uh, it wasn't really going to – it was not for me. I think I thought about it for so long. It just – by the time we kind of got to it, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And uh, so I had to like explain to my parents that I was going to essentially uh, work in an industry that asked you to like work holidays, never see family, um, work all the time, uh, <laughs> you know. So essentially I picked farming, but just in a, maybe, you know, indoors. Yeah. Uh, 
So <laughs> same commitment level, the same commitment level, which was what I already kind of knew, which was kind of interesting because I watched somebody who, who had that kind of commitment on a day-to-day basis. Um, and somebody who was going to try and do it the right way, but also was always, you know, try and figure out how to have a family that, that was going to be able to be considerate of that and yeah. just know that you were going to, uh, we always joke. We have a, We were going to write a book about how to disappoint friends and upset loved ones. Like, how do you just? How do you do it in like in the industry like that? Like, people yeah. start to understand that it's not about them. That you just have to. You're there on a Saturday night. Like the reason that's why that's how restaurants go, which that, was fine. And that's still the case for you, even though you own your own gig now. More so, even more, more so, so than ever. More so, yeah. right? More so. Yeah. But it's yours. So yeah, that was kind yeah. of a diatribe. Um, <laughs> that's that's what this is for. <laughs> so. Uh, when you left, did you go straight to, I'm picturing you just pick, packing your bags uh, and going straight to New York. No. Uh, so I, I went to, uh, like I, I went to culinary school after college, um, for about like a two year or a year and a half program, like an associate's program at a Le Cordon Bleu branch in Portland, Oregon, um, where I was working there, got a job. I'd never worked in a restaurant before going to school and uh had really enjoyed cooking with a friend with a, with my roommate my senior year in college that really mm. got me interested in it and um law would not work and i was like oh, what should i do and i had friends who were like you should go like check out culinary school and i knew that i didn't have any experience before that so kind of as i grew up i always kind of learned like you just try and educate yourself as fast as you can yeah. and kind of beat that that learning curve a little bit and had an opportunity at the same time to have a restaurant open kind of near the school and I interviewed as a host. And, um, so I was a host there and went to culinary school. And as I kind of progressed there in the few months, they made me a supervisor there. So I would open the restaurant in the morning. I'd go to school and I'd come back and work at night and close the restaurant. Mm. And so like the long hours didn't really bother me. And then I had a chance to have, uh, to move to New York. Um, pretty much almost maybe a year after, uh, after that. So I moved there in 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. So that really was pretty quick actually. Yeah. Yeah. I moved pretty fast. Like I, I graduated from college in 04 and yeah. did culinary school and then was in, in New York by then. Daisy, did you start, uh, in restaurants? Was that something you had been doing already? Um, I suppose, yeah, it's what I've always done. Uh, I went after high school, I went to uh, San Francisco State for a semester. I kind of, I didn't get into any of the schools I really wanted to go to. So I ended up there. Uh, I was pretty unhappy. I mean, I was, I was, um, had just turned 18 Mm -hmm. and uh, decided I wanted to move down to LA, which is where the majority of my family lives and be there. So I enrolled in Santa Monica City College and I was never a good student and always kind of hated school. So I was still miserable doing that. And at that time I started working in a, uh, small cafe, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in kind of mid city, uh, LA. And I was living in one of my grandmother's apartments and, um, unlike Greg, I, I you know, my, my, I grew up cooking with my mom and I feel like that's kind of a cliche story, but my, that's, Food and wine was kind of my parents' whole world, living in the San Inez Valley. My mom worked at some wineries and mm. um, and just was always very, very into cooking from the time she was very young. She had all the old gourmet cookbooks yeah. and would cook all the recipes out of them. So so food, food and wine was very much the center 
of my family's life. And uh, my parents actually, when I was five years old, applied to the Culinary Institute of America and were accepted. And we're gonna we were gonna move across the country. And then, wow. you know, as you know, small children do, they they decided that would probably be kind of a nightmare. So yeah. um, they ended up not going. Um, but when we did move to San Ynez Valley from Los Angeles. Uh, my parents were very interested in buying a restaurant and opening one, mm-hmm. and their life took a different turn. They own a garden design center. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so at that time when I was in Santa Monica, or going to Santa Monica City and working in a restaurant as a waitress, um, I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was flailing a little bit, and it just, I don't know how it dawned on me, but I just, one day was like, I should go to culinary school. And mm-hmm. I applied to the Culinary Institute of America, and um got in there and I guess in a way kind of like lived my parents dream I guess it's I crazy that, to me that never really thought about that until now but you picked up the thread yeah did, no I mean never like never like oh I did went down the path that they wish they'd taken I think anyway um but yeah and I I was accepted to the CIA and and uh, went there um when I was 19 do you know what year about that would be? Yeah, it was uh, 05 is okay. when I started at CIA. And um, I did, you know, you can either go in and just do the associates program or the bachelor's program. I did the bachelor's program and um, was there. It's about three years in total. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent every moment that I didn't have to be in class in Manhattan because my best friend from high school lived there. And mm-hmm. so I second class was out, I would get on the train and go down to the city. And I was there a lot. And, um, I remember when I moved to New York to go to CIA, I said to my mom, just don't let me stay in New York when I'm done with school. Just make sure I come back. I think I, you know, while I knew I was excited about the experience, I California girl, I guess. Did you you think it would absorb you? Yeah. yeah. Like I wanted to come home. I have good relationship with my parents. They're, they're, you know, have always been some of my best friends. And, um, and I remember when I graduated, uh, I guess backtrack a little bit. I um, went through all three years and had every intention of going on and being a chef and working in kitchens. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, during the bachelor's program, you do a lot of dining room hospitality classes. And uh, I had a teacher that, that said, Hey, you're really good in the dining room. You should explore that. And I was like, no, 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 you know, I want to cook. And he goes, well, one of my former students is a maitre d' at per se, and they're doing an open house. And he's like, I think you should just go, you know, go talk they to them. They do an open house at per uh, se? Not anymore. not anymore. They did it. Wow. One, I okay. think they only did it that year. That was maybe. The no, year. no. They, we did it a few years. Did a few years? Yeah. Anyway. It was just a good way to be able to. Yeah. Work. I would not have guessed that they did that, though. That's... Well, they sent in. It was a little more like they sent uh, basically invitations to. Uh, I think it was NYU, mm. CIA, and, um, uh, Johnson and Wales, and then Ithaca, and uh, Cornell. Cornell. So, so somewhat so, open. So, so, if I, if I yeah, may, so, so if I may, like, like you know, the CIA in some like in some terms is like the Harvard of the culinary school here in in the states. Right. And so, at per se, what you're also trying to do is give people at the you're trying to have a really great relationship with that with with that company with that. School institution, institution yeah, right. thank you, because you're trying to get the best of the best. And so in order to do that, you start to have teachers and people who spotlight certain students. Mm-hmm. And there's also like you get to then 
there's like that goal, like, you know, you go to culinary school and you're like, well, I could, I could literally maybe work at per se, like it's right out of the gate. Track. It's yeah. a fast and, track. Yeah. It's a fast track a little bit. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a good narrative to, to have, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, he, he said, you know, I have four invitations to give to four students to go to this open house and you should go. Like Willy, and... like Willy Wonka. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, I got the golden you ticket. You got lucky. You and, know, you uh, didn't get lucky. I guess at that time in my life, I was a little more, I was semi-frivolous as one is at 21 years old and I was like whatever I'm pretty sure I slept in that day and I was like I I I didn't go and um this (laughs) this teacher I was sure that the trajectory was like and I I went and everything worked out it's pretty embarrassing um but my uh that that teacher also happened to be my landlord he had at least rooms to uh some students and he said, he was basically like, are we allowed to swear? Yes, swear. He was like, is he stop being such a fucking idiot? And yeah. he... And, I mean, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, I called Anthony. He's like, I set up an interview for you. You're going to go meet these people. Hmm. And so I went down on the train and I, you know, put my suit on and I went in and I had an interview with them and... um Long story short is that uh, they hired me, and so I was—I had my job there before I graduated, which mm. was really cool. Great. Uh, one of my very close friends was one of the other people who's still a dear friend of ours today, um, Bobby Williams, uh, and uh, we were, yeah, hired, started the same day. Um, and so when I graduated with this job, my mom, you know, was at my graduation. She's like. I'm just supposed to remind you that <laughs> you you're me. supposed to move back to California now, yeah. you know, cut with a smile on her face, knowing that what I was doing was really great. And so, yeah, I got this job at per se working in the dining room and, uh, by working got, in the dining room, do you meet your, your serving your, yes, which yeah. I know it per se is quite something. It's not, yeah. A um, everybody, uh, at per se for the, I don't know that this is necessarily true to this not day anymore, but not at anymore. the time, at the time, Every single person, didn't matter where you were coming from, how old you were, what your experience was, started um, kind of at the bottom of the totem pole as a kitchen server, which is the per se term for a food runner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a obviously a very involved job. Which but is and a then, wonderful way to run things, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, everybody learns everything. And so, yeah, that's that's what I started off doing. And in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'll do this for a couple years or a year and then get in back into the kitchen. But as you know, as it goes, I got stuck and that's, that's what I did for all of, all of my career up until we bought this restaurant. But, um, Mm. yeah, it, uh, you make pretty good money in the dining room and, and then just once you put so much time and energy into a job as you do it per se, we consider it graduate school is what we always refer to per se as, uh, there's no casual working. No, it's not. It's like not a thing. We really any good restaurant I yeah mean, i suppose but yeah. that is and we school. we started there the same greg started about a month after i did and that was yeah. 2008 right when uh the recession hit and so there were about 25 30 yeah. people that were laid off at per se oh, and we goodness we both made the cut we stayed yeah. and uh so at that time we were like a you know uh, what do we call it? Delta force Delta team. Force. And we all worked six days a week, you know, most of the time, 15 hours a day. And, um, and so the, the people that we worked with at that time, obviously we're married now, but yeah. the other people we're working with are still our best friends to this day. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, Forged that was in fire. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. a little bit. I think it also, uh, it was a really like minded yeah, people to like work a, in like that a, environment, a unique time at that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, in, it was kind of when we all got there in 2008, 
I had been I I moved to New York in 0506. I worked at a restaurant called Tribeca Grill mm-hmm. for the first two years of my career there, and kind of like I started there as I took a like I was in a manager in training program, mm-hmm. um, and I worked my way th- around the whole restaurant and uh, was a manager there, and uh, they made me an AGM. Uh, maybe about a year and a half after that. And at that point I was like, I, I don't want to, they're like Tribeca grill was an amazing, it's like boot camp for management. You learn. I was going to ask you, is that a Danny Meyer property? It's not. It, okay. is, a, it is a Drew Neporent restaurant. Okay. So Drew, if I may quickly, mm. um, he kind of helped build Tribeca as an area in the eighties where nobody went down there. Yeah. He opened up a restaurant called Montrachet in 1985 yeah. with David Boulay. And, um, he kind of changed he like as Danny was doing that in Union Square and like Alfred Bertali was doing that kind of with Gotham mm. Drew was doing that down in Tribeca and uh it was this very like kind of grassroots thing he met Bob De Niro down there who and then they then started Tribeca Grill and then Nobu kind of right after that that's and, right it's uh, a De-, it, De Niro owns it still right oh uh, yeah partially yeah. yeah yeah i mean he's the he was the, the kind partner. of main main investor he's a yeah. partner uh Drew has a restaurant group called the Myriad Restaurant Group and mm-hmm. so um got a chance to work there uh w- w- still to this day one of the most uh, under appreciated wine lists mm-hmm. it is the, it's still the best value i've ever had like it's you're looking at uh, Shadow of the Pops from like the seventies, and uh, David Gordon, who's been the wine director there since day one, has just built this massive amount of wine and collection in in a very kind of uh, in a casual way, kind of if that makes sense, like it, under the radar. Yeah, well, in an uh, I mean, institution, I, I, I don't think it's yeah. like maybe under the radar for some. Like, it, well, just but, done it in like a quiet way. Yeah, I just feel like, mm. anyways. Um, I knew that I did not really want to be in that kind of a restaurant for the rest of my life, which would be kind of a higher volume, kind of semi like nicer dining, but not really. I really wanted to. I really wanted to get into Michelin star restaurants. I'm yeah. not sure why. I think I just because you're young and yeah, I, you know, it's yeah. like anything it's like, like you, the, you read the, the they're the NBA a little bit. Yeah, and, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's varsity. And yeah. uh, I met someone who was opening another restaurant with Drew, her and her, her partner at the time. They were opening up, they were reopening Montrachet to her, for a restaurant called Cortone. And she had worked at Per Se previously. And uh, I had asked her if she would connect me with someone there to, not even as a reference, just can you just maybe get me an interview? Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, That she did, and uh, interviewed there. And then I, I moved to Per Se in October of, oh, eight. of 2008. Yeah, um, that's when everything hit the fan. Yeah, yeah I remember fan, exactly. But then, where all, it was. but then also, like, there was this group of people, and also at that time, that restaurant, like, within the next kind of two or three years, it was considered the 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 best restaurant, like, one of the best restaurants in North America, yeah. and for a while, the best restaurant in New York. And it 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 was a pretty cool. Time it was a really to neat, be it was there. A really time to yeah. be there. You were. Yeah. You know, you look. It was back already at it. rolling. Oh, well, for sure, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. But there, I think there's also. We just, were like, I feel like there was like the opening team that really established the restaurant, and then there was like the second wave. Yeah, this kind of. And I think of we people. were part that we were part that of that. Really, once it hit Top Gear, just kept it going at Top Gear. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we were fortunate enough to be there at that time. So backing up a little bit. Um, yeah. I asked when you were at the CIA because I was at Vassar. I was like, oh, oh wow. I was skipping a jump away from you. <laughs> nice. But it was five years prior. Okay. And 
I couldn't have cared less about food at that time. When mm-hmm. I was in college, I just did not. I mean, that's I, so I, normal. <laughs> I ate to, yeah, to, to indulge and to work yeah. and to all that. And so I never went to the CIA the whole time. Everybody who had family come into town, it was make a reservation, let's go. And right. I just never cared enough to do it. I don't know. And now it's like, what was I thinking? Well, we all have easy... those thoughts about things that we chose to do or not do in our past. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever... I look back on what I drank at that time. I'm like, wow, oh. I can't believe I... I think I was like a blue blue cheese olive person. Yeah, you were. Nice job. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Blue cheese is delicious. But yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Everybody yeah. has their face. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I was just listening to an interview with the president of Vassar, who she's oh, like... She's a done a very things. interesting person. Yeah, and lots and lots about their um, school, the food program yes. there. And I, I'm always like, why... like. That should be CIA and Vassar should somehow connect and like CIA. Yeah. That should be like a part of the classes for CIA is like cooking food for Vassar. Anyway, well, that's for a different oh, time. No, no. But. So on another podcast, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, ta- is that the one? That's the one. Okay. Yeah. So what was amazing about that is she came in after I was there. Yeah. So the food. I mean, I would never say it was great, but they had a lot of no expenses spared right. on other things. And I was a scholarship kid. I was one of, I'm exaggerating, but like three kids who were on scholarship there. And um, now so many more kids are on scholarship because they pared down on food. food. Yeah, it was a, that was such an interesting interview. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never thought about CIA investor partnering. That's a, that's a no brainer. It seems like. Someday I'll, I'll get on the phone and maybe see if she'll take my call. That would be great. So, I gotta say, lady, I got some ideas for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Away. Not a, yeah. Like 15, I think. Yeah. 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 Cause I lived in Poughkeepsie, like right, right down the street. Hey, by the way, Henry's here, <laughs> two year old Henry, who's being so good. And I would totally put him on the mic and I think he could hack it actually he, having he probably, talked to him. Probably put could. him on at the very yeah, end. Maybe yeah, at the let's end. do that. He has, he has a bit of a volume control <laughs> issue. As so it, do as, I. He gets, as any, as any good. he gets that from my dad. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So. so when you two met, um, were you working the same job there or were you? Yeah, yeah. we were both, okay. kitchen, yeah, we both were kitchen servers there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how did you know? How did you know that this was the person? I, this is like the silliest story and it, but it, it's just, it's really true. Uh, well, Greg saw me first. Uh, he was coming in on his first day and I was coming into work, walking to the locker room. And um, he now tells me, well, he's been telling me for years, we've been together 10 years, but that he thought I was probably um, gay. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say he told me I was probably the most beautiful. No, no, no. I've toned it down a little bit, but I have a little yeah. bit of an aggressive, uh, especially when... She walks I, hard. Yeah, huh. and like uh, I definitely have what people refer to as resting bitch face. So um, anyway, so... Yeah, but she had, like, um, cowboy boots on, like this flannel shirt. And she, I, like, I wasn't... I was fine. It's just like... I just wasn't sure. And your uh, name is Daisy. It's just yeah, like it's too good. It's, it's too good. Yeah. It's, I used to hate my name. I've embraced it now. Yes. Good. Um, but yeah, I think Greg was very, Greg is a very um, professional, serious person until he's not. And then he's funny. You're always, but you're always professional. And uh, he, for the first, and this is kind of true of everybody at per se, like people that, so there's a, there was, it's RIP closed a couple years ago, but there was a bar across the street called the Coliseum. It's mm-hmm. the work bar. Irish pub and that's where everybody went after work and uh you basically if people showed up at the coliseum during their first like month of work 
like it was like this person's not going to make it like you don't you don't socialize until you're trained and like you're a part really a part of the team so greg was about a month behind me so he i never really had the chance to speak to him or get to know him at all and then the first night he came to coliseum we chatted quite a bit and i was like this guy is amazing. He's really, uh, he's really something special. And then shortly thereafter, um, I saw him in a tuxedo for the first time. Oh, they and did then this game very over. Formal dinner. Yeah, and I, I mean, I swear to God, he walks like out of the private dining room, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna marry him. Oh, that's awesome. And I did. And you did. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys uh, get married when you were there? When you were? Yeah, yeah it was, we the, got we got married the last <laughs> the last day. But yeah, one of the, the last, last days we were in New York. In New York. Really? Uh, yeah, like one of the last days. Um, Greg's very romantic he said to me we were having beers like about six months before we were had moved and he goes we should probably get married before we leave New York yeah and I said okay we kept drinking and I was like I'm sorry did you just propose to me (laughs) I mean it was like we had talked about it we kind of knew it was going to happen but it was certainly not a down on one knee there was no production it was no production not not a ton of romance um (laughs) nothing too precious yeah you know as uh i had been married previously Mm -hmm. and so a lot of that romance not the romance part i apologize a lot of the production (laughs) a lot of the production went uh went that way and i i became much more of a a frugal romance romantic (laughs) after that a practical i was just like listen i've done it you're we're gonna be fine. Let's do this yeah. a different way a little bit. Yeah. You're gonna enjoy it, it was, and it was awesome. very apropos. It was really, it was honestly one of the coolest days. Um, other than the fact that I got to marry Daisy, it was. Um, um, we just passed. Are you talking about our wedding? No, well, I'm talking about City Hall. Oh yeah, we um, the I'm gonna botch the terminology, but the it had just been passed that uh, gays could be married like, in New like York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, uh, we decided to get married at the courthouse and it was just our parents, Greg's uh, sister and her husband and their son and um, six of our best friends, all of nice. whom were, and they're like spouses or significant others, but all of who were kitchen servers with us. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. And so it was like us and all of these like wonderfully eccentric people there getting married. We were there for like yeah, two yeah, just, hours. Yeah, it was just celebrating. It was, it was crazy. like It was the weekend before Labor yeah, Day and like the city hall was just packed yeah full of people like the energy in there was like oh i'm sure it was amazing it was so cool it was, so it was cool. a really good experience yeah and then we uh had dinner at gramercy tavern that night just mm-hmm. with our family nice. and then we'd gotten the idea from somewhere that to have a surprise wedding which we didn't do that exactly but we didn't really tell anybody we were getting married other than our very close friends and so we were also leaving so we threw a going away party and just invited everybody that we had known while we were in new york and it was also like yeah got married so that's yeah it was really fun it was it was a a good time nice i read in an interview um in food and wine greg you said something about when you're in new york you don't think of anywhere else it just feels like there's no other place have you ever seen the cartoon the new yorker cartoon new york view of the world yes okay i happen to have it right here um and we always laughed about it my my best friend is um lived on central park west and she has this poster in her bedroom, and it is the funniest thing because <laughs> it says, "It's been a while since." It's oh, yeah, like, it yeah, it's the view from Ninth Avenue. Yeah, and it has the Hudson, it's the grid, and then it says Pacific Ocean. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, exactly. There is nothing, <laughs> and it has like maybe Japan's out there, yeah. Russia, Las, Las Vegas <laughs> yeah. is on there, Chicago. Yeah, that's very good. So, how very... did you get away from that? I mean, what made you decide to leave? Uh, we wanted to be closer to family. 
essentially, we my I feel parents, like there was more than that. There's a lot of things. Like we just knew it wasn't going to be viable to live in New York anymore. Yeah. We um, really, really, and I feel like people probably always say this, but I think both of us really always knew we wanted to have a restaurant. And especially once we were together, we talked about it so much. And I think in very realistic terms, we're like, it's just not going to be financially possible for us in New York. And we'd both kind of hit, like I kind of hit a dead end, I felt like, on what I was doing in New York. Greg had been at Per Se for five years and at that point was, you know, without being general manager, was, you know, a, a manager. And so it was just like, okay, what's the next? What do we really want to do next? And it was okay, we need to get closer to having our own project. And yeah, and it was just, we don't, we don't really want to do that here. Yeah. And we didn't want to do it there. Yeah, not as so much. There's a lot just, of things that we just tried to like also think we're about. We're tired of it. We're both from it like may have small been places. Prohibitive too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Starting just, out yeah. You're just like, how do, a, like how do you do it? How do you do that in it, New York? And we also then, I think we had met and had a lot of friends who had left Daisy had, had left per se after I became a manager there and she worked at Gramercy Tavern and, and mm. Brooklyn Fair and, and all these places. But you also, what you started to find and meet people were people who left kind of the, that per se idea and not so much struggled, but like you, it's a hard it's act a, to it's follow. A, it's a hard, it, I would it, imagine a, there's a lot of, it, it's hard to, you're, you're really working with a lot of it's like-minded... It's not just a job. It's a, it's a way of life. <laughs> you're like yeah. working with a lot of like-minded people. And once you start to step outside of that, you are trying, you're engaging with, with a lot of different people and different um, motivations. Well, then let me ask, why did you leave? If that's... Um, because it was, uh, it was against company policy for a manager to be dating. Yeah. Who's a... You did an opportunity cost. That's for a different podcast. Gotcha. As I think I've let on, I was, um, you know, I'm not, an, I am a, I can be an aggressive person. And so I was not happy about it at the time. Mm. And I fought it a little bit. But at the end of the day, it, we talked so much about it amongst ourselves. And it was just like, okay, actually, it's probably a better thing for yeah. Greg. And, um, you know, and, he had been main manager. I mm. hadn't, rightfully so. He was much more qualified than me at the time. At still. the time? <laughs> Maybe so not still, anymore. He still <laughs> is. Um, anyway, and, uh, and, I, and I had, a, you know, I, I think I also, I am an impatient person mm. and definitely need things to kind of keep changing, which is probably why I should have always stayed in the kitchen. Like it's mm. really much more suited to my personality. Um, so anyway, I, I left and that's why I moved on. And, um, I actually took a job with a smaller restaurant group. Um, and, we're, uh, the, their most well-known restaurant is Frankie's, uh, mm -hmm. Spuntino in Brooklyn, which mm -hmm. is a, you know, a lot of people yeah. know, yeah. um, cause they were going to open their second Frankie's in Manhattan. So they hired me as a, at, I was 25 at the time as a service director manager. Um, and I spent six months with them and, but because I had just left per se, it was my first like real job. It, it's just so hard to step back from the way that a restaurant like per se, which is, we always say it's like, it's not a real restaurant, you mm -hmm. know, just with what you have and the products you're working with and the level of expectation and every, it's like precision. It's yeah. And everybody's a type A personality and everybody yeah. is like, you're all friends, but it's competitive and it's just such a different world. So to try and 
translate what I'd learned into a casual neighborhood restaurant. It was just too big of a leap. Yeah. So I was, I was like, I was pretty unhappy there. Although looking back on it, it was an incredible experience for me. And I, I learned a lot from them. They're extremely successful guys for this. It's really translatable to what we're doing now in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but we were regulars at Gramercy Tavern. That's like how we spent, you know, seven hours of our days off. All we of our money. All the time. Yeah. All of our money. Yeah, that's why we don't own our own home. <laughs> and um, uh, they, you know, became friends with the managers and they were like, why don't you just come work here? Yeah. And uh, you can, you know, be a captain and and possibly move into management. And so I then moved over to Gramercy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I jumped around quite a bit for a while. Here and there. Which I think is pretty... Well, normal, it's really, right? it's normal. Um, Greg has like the opposite resume as me where serial he has monogamy. These, like incredible tenures at these institutional places. Institutional? Institutional is a good word. Okay. I was like, it is, works. That, is that from the insane asylum? Which <laughs> kind of is. Street jackets. Yeah. Um, which I think for us as a, as a husband and wife, best friends, business partners, all those things is really good because the experience that I had, I had all these like six month stints at, remarkable places always left on good terms and for a good reason um one of our very dear friends who her and her husband are Craig and I don't really like the term mentor but mm-hmm. we love them they're a little bit older than we are and we look we look up to them for mm-hmm. sure she's so funny and she's had all these incredible jobs without like looking for them and she told me that once she was in an inter- interview and the gentleman said to her well it looks like you've moved around like why why is that? And she goes, well, I was always offered something better. Wow. And he said, so if you get this job (laughs) and you're offered something better, you're going to take it. And she goes, well, wouldn't you? And so, and they hired her. (laughs) Yeah. And anyway, so, but looking back again on all of the experiences that I had, good or bad, it's like, I've learned so much from that. And I definitely spent a lot more time after per se in casual dining than Greg ever did. And so, Mm. It's just good. It's you just have to like compile all of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. All experiences are good ones. I and really uh learned. so we kind of thought about how do we kind of land this plane a little bit just in terms of expectations of where are we going? So we were like, okay, let's go to La- let's go to Los Angeles. We both really liked Los Angeles. It's closer to her family. Mm. It's on the same coast as my parents. And so let's move there. So I move. love LA. I'm sorry. I just yeah, so I, love I love it. I love Los Angeles. Um, yes, the traffic sucks. Everybody knows you know, it. It was like, get over it. Listen to a podcast. <laughs> I I yeah. What I wouldn't give mother to mother, what I wouldn't give for like six hours in the car in traffic <laughs> listening to a I, podcast. Exactly. I know. Somebody was complaining about it the other day, and I was like, you know what? Stop complaining. Yeah. You get all that time to yourself. How lovely. I mean, uh, you just have to make the best of stuff like that. No, but totally. anyway. Well, growing up, I mean, I don't know about you, and maybe for you too, Greg, mm-hmm. but LA was like a dirty word. It was... Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, Los Angeles is yeah, a, for it's, yeah. it's a very dirty it word. Was never, yeah. It was never for me because, and I think that that's maybe why my experience growing up in the San Inez Valley was unique because both of my parents were born and raised in Los Angeles. Mm. My mom was born and raised in the Pasadena area, my dad in Hollywood and our literally our entire family lives there aside from one of my aunts who lives in Petaluma and my family are both multi-generation Angelinos. And so they're very much like the gung ho LA is a fabulous place. My parents, yes, got out and my dad of course will 
talk shit about LA now. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why anybody lives there. Yeah. Um, There's which a lot I of understand. That. But, but, but saying, if he hears but... like one cross street somewhere near like Wilshire, oh, yeah. like, 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 yeah. I went to Hollywood High. Where are you from? <laughs> I'll tell you all these things yeah. right now. So I, I have very much a, a strong and always have love for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that um, that kind of thought process that most people have. And I, I think that that's changing very, I don't know as far up North as, um, San Luis Obispo, but if you ask people who are in food, they love LA. I mean, yeah. we love San Francisco. It, yeah. Wonderful. But right. that's been, I, I don't know. San Francisco has been touted as a, a food place. But you're, you're, LA just has availability like, Oh, nowhere. it's crazy. I mean, I don't think there's any, well, I shouldn't say that because I haven't visited every city, but mm. LA is a very unique and rich culinary place. It always has been. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just great. People who knock LA or talk shit about it just don't know it well enough. And yeah. I always like always say to people who are going there for the first time, the way to see LA is with somebody who knows LA, mm-hmm. like just going there. And it's easier now because the internet. And but it's so big. You could find yourself. Yeah. Kind of, like, it's I, you know, for the first time ever, we, uh, we have a, a Daisy's Godfather lives like, on the west side, he lives in the, yeah, the canal. Not that not that we lived in L.A. We only lived in L.A. for about a year, but I didn't even realize yeah. that there were the canals. And yeah. I was like, "What is this place?" <laughs> so, like, yeah. and like this, I think about it. Like, maybe somebody visits for the first time, and they may only ever go to like Venice, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, like I was in L.A. I went to all these weird canals." And you're like, "What are you right. talking?" Like, when we got married, we moved. We went from New York to L.A. We drove across the country. We stopped in Austin, Texas, one night. One of my favorite cities. It was awesome. Anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. we ate at a, it was the same time that I think the 2012, um, Bon Appetit best new restaurants had yeah. come out or 2013, I guess. And a lot of the cities where we were going to, there was going to be restaurants there. I was like, great. Well, let's pick one that's from here and then let's pick like something that's more inst- like institutional, mm-hmm. something that's kind of a classic place there. And there was a restaurant called Jeffrey's that fit both. It had been there since 75 and it just gotten reimagined by Larry McGuire and Tom Mormon, uh, who had kind of had this budding kind of restaurant group there in Austin. And we had a chance to eat there. And it was something that really uh, exceeded our expectations. It was a place that... It was just such a... It was such a great experience from the moment we walked in the door. Austin was also the only place while driving across the country, we both turned to each other and we're like, Oh man, I could live here. Yeah. This is, this is a cool place. This is a cool place. Yes. And, yeah. uh, so we, we had this meal and, um, it was a place that we referenced a lot after we left. We were in LA and we're like, this would be odd. Like think about, remember Jeffrey's remember booze. How Jeffrey, yeah. What if we like did that? Interesting. And, uh, we randomly, uh, met Larry one night at a restaurant. They talked a lot, had some, you know, conversation back and forth. Uh, a couple months go by and uh, Greg got a phone call or an email from an email from Larry email, yeah. just saying, do you want to move to Austin? <laughs> and, yeah. and you said yes. Uh, yeah, we, um, it was just, he randomly was sitting on the patio on that lunch and I just tried to confirm it was him and yeah, we just started chatting he was there for a couple of days and it was, as things go sometimes, I, I had been offered another job maybe... 10 minutes before uh, over the phone. Yes. Why does it work that way? And, and, uh, but I, like, and I told him, no, it just wasn't for me. And that was fine. And then literally like 50, maybe also being dramatic, but I feel like 15 minutes later, I got an email and someone's, no, saying, it was like at <laughs> least uh, the, mo- the most, it was an hour. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Very he weird. emailed and was like, the GM from Jeffries is leaving. 
do you guys want to move to Texas? Oh, how cool. You got to work at the place that you had kept <laughs> yeah, coming back to. Weird. If we, yeah. Do you remember how they did this? And um, did that it? was not really part of the plan, Texas or Austin. And uh, we thought about it for a couple of weeks. They okay, were kind enough. Out. They brought us out. They flew us out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met all this, met all the crew and put us up and you know, you're in Austin and mm-hmm. around people who know what Austin's like, like. This seems like it's fun. like this, you know, we don't have any kids. We don't have kids. It is so like, much We were in LA. Fun. We didn't own a home. We didn't have any children. We're like, yeah. if we're, we got to like, we got to do this. We like, actually brought our two kids. We went, that was our big summer vacation. Yeah, it's a great place yeah, for no, everybody. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But even we for us, so like, well. I guess I mean, in terms of like, um, just professionally, like there weren't things that were keeping us in Los yeah. Angeles. And it's yeah. like, we got to try this out. And if it doesn't work, let's just go back. Like whatever. Mm. We moved there in 2014. Yes, you were that casual about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not casual about anything. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh I'm just, uh, I wish I was. Uh, yeah, we moved there in 2014. Um, we were there for three years. Um, oh, that's more than a stopover. I yeah, thought it was we were like there. A year or no, 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 we were we were there from from fourteen to to seventeen. Okay, it, it, uh, Henry was born there. Henry was born oh. there, and uh, the, working for Larry and Tommy, uh, I think probably impacts us just as yeah. much as working for for Thomas at yeah. per se in Amazing. a lot of ways. Yeah, our time while it was brief and more obviously more condensed. Uh, I think Austin, that time in our lives had as much of an impact on us as, as being in New York mm. for 10 years. Wow. So, um, and then we had Henry, uh, in March. I of, had Henry. You had, I apologize. <laughs> One of you I had was, Henry. I was, I was present. <laughs> I just want to Daisy having Henry. <laughs> I just, I just make that for the record. I apologize. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, wait, sorry. Just a second. So having <laughs> babies, it's, it's the hardest. Well, for me, the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh yeah, I want to know if it compares to like working under the pressure of a really no, fancy restaurant. Having a baby is way harder. Yeah, I, I was. I think I was slightly naive about it because uh, because I had a very easy pregnancy. Same. And um, I'm a distance runner, and I work in restaurants, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm. You're good at hard things. Yeah. Yeah, You you know pain. I think I can handle it. No big deal. And so I opted to do do it without painkillers and Mm -hmm. I hated myself every second for it. Yeah. Way, way, nothing compares. There's nothing that compares to that. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you said said it's like being locked in a cage and lit on fire. I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, that's exactly what it's like. I've never had that experience, but it seems like it might be that bad. Oh, and it's easy to think that it's going to be. Yeah, everybody does it. Because everybody do it. does it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we could go but on. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, uh, women who, who've been through that have d- definitely deserve more respect than people that work in restaurants. <laughs> Love just, it. Yeah. For the record, yeah. quotable. <laughs> okay. All right, so you made a decision to come here. Back we, yeah, here. Yeah, we did. Well, back for some of us and, and yeah. two here. Yeah. And you bought the spot that is Bell's or yep. that was uh, uh, Yeah, Bell it was Street. it was Bell Street Farms. Uh, we moved back here in November. Daisy moved back like November, October of 17. I got here a month later. Um, and we had been kind of trying to work on a project that was in the valley that had kind of fallen through. And so we were looking for another opportunity. And we had known Jamie, Jamie Gluck and John Wentworth and – they were looking to kind of change their lives again. John had retired from his job in Los Angeles. And I think that they were, as you do, like you were going to spend a lot of, whether or not like it's a, it's a, it's in a casual nature. If you are an owner and operator, you are, you're kind of tied to that building and to that restaurant. And I think they were ready to, you know, 
travel a little bit and live their lives and and for all the things that they they had earned and they but i also know that they were looking to find a certain type of person to take over yeah, the restaurant they they did not want it to just be just anybody to walk that, in there but and... just like they were just their motivations were our motivations if that makes sense no, they, were it looking, did. they were looking for someone who could take care of the building and everything inside of it, but didn't really want to use the same kind of Bell Street Farm brand or concept. And we wanted someone who was willing to sell us the real estate and everything inside of it. And we were just going to kind of DIY it as best as we could and do our own concept. And why did you what it keep was. the name Bells? That's all. I've been curious about that because it's so oh, similar. You know, but you got to ask Greg that question. Okay, Greg. Why? Uh, because. Because <laughs> Google Power, I think, uh, there was a couple ideas. It, it was really, uh, I think that when we moved, when I, honestly, when we moved there, I wasn't really sure what our demo was going to look like. You could feel like we love it. We love the valley. Mm-hmm. You love being there, but you're also just not sure of like how strong of a brand did Jamie have? Where if it's a different type of name, if it's yeah. There's goodwill in that address. Like 406 yes. has goodwill. That building has goodwill. And so mm. we, I pushed for that. We That's what we used to call it when we'd go. We'd always call it, let's go Bells. to Bells. Mm-hmm. As well as the fact that I wanted to, we wanted to confuse enough people to still walk in the door in the first Yeah, which you honestly you was smart. Me. I mean, we still yeah. confuse people <laughs> to good. this day. People and are definitely confused. So like it, the way we looked at it is like, we're, we're going to confuse people. They're going to walk in the door. They're going to look around. And they're like, oh, you changed it. Yeah, the cold case. Where's the cold case? Like, do you still do the sandwich? And and it was like, okay, well then it's my job to convey the information. And then you, over after the first like week of like explaining yourself, I cut it from like a two minute spiel to about fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it was about having people walk through the door, and you explain to them, Jamie retired, he's gone. There's no porchetta sandwich. Here is our menu. This is what we do here. Yeah. And some stayed, some left. <laughs> well, and once and you're in okay. the door, it feels and that, good. And, and so, there. like for us, yeah. it was like, listen, it, it's not going to be for everybody, but we have to at least not change it so dramatically where people can't even don't even know what's going on. Yeah, uh, I think we were just yeah we were initially worried about being rejected, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's and it was a sm- it was definitely a smart decision. <sighs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. When I say you fooled me, I just mean. I liked Jamie and what was going on there. And then I walked in and it was different and I loved it even more. So it's Thank you. very Thank good. You. And, and, so, and, a, so, and so do they. Well, good, honestly. good. Yeah. I know that. I think I knew that you had a great relationship. Yeah. With they're yeah. incredibly wonderful people. Yeah. And the backbone of the food is it's French. I mean, it's it, at its most basic. It's a- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, because it all happened so fast, kind of, we, I mean, yeah, we moved back to California in October and the restaurant was open by the following March. So yeah. it was a wow. very, we didn't get, you know, we got it in January. Um, but once we knew that that Greg and I talk a lot about people, always like, what kind of restaurant do you, are you going to have? And it is always an odd question to me and to Greg is that it's like, okay, it's not obvious that we'll just do like Chinese food or Italian mm-hmm, food. Mm-hmm. It, we knew that whatever space we found that would very much dictate what the restaurant was going to be. Interesting. Yeah. And I think even when we acquired the business and the property and all that, I kind of turned to Greg and I said, okay, great. Like who's going to be the chef. And cause at this point in my life, yes, I'd been to culinary school. Yes. I cook at home, all those things, but I 
been a dining room person. That's I've so been funny in the that beverage world. That. It seems so obvious to but, me now. Well, I, yeah. And I said that and I was like, you know, we can't afford any of our friends. Like they're all way too qualified to do this. And he's like, well, you're going to be the chef. And I was kind of like, like I, I was like, well, I, I didn't, I can't do that. I don't, you know, I don't know how to do that anymore. And, and it, it obviously it's worked out. It's been fine. We got help. Um, yeah, we had we we had help to start. I, I, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, the gentleman I spoke about earlier, Bobby Williams, who was my friend that started per se the same as me. His wife Sarah, who's obviously also a dear friend of ours, they happened kind of randomly to be in the air, moved to the area recently. Bobby at the time was working um, at the Baron Star Restaurant for Fess Parker, and uh, Sarah wasn't doing anything at the moment, and I was. We're kind of like, hey, do you, you want to help us? Yeah. And so, help. and I couldn't, we could not have done it without Sarah. She was an incredibly strong force in, in um, the opening of the restaurant and helping us flesh out what we wanted to do. Yeah. And um, she had been the pastry, executive pastry chef for Cal, Cal Poly. Poly. Yeah. Oh, so she really? was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so she moved down there, they moved down there. And, and for us, like everyone has their strengths, but also there's just certain kind of, day-to-day being back in the valley yeah. like purveyors and right. just things like, yeah. like and it was stuff like that i just didn't yeah that was all kind of the stuff that scared me was like not necessarily the cooking part but like you know yeah i've never i've never been i've never ordered food i've never and mm. all, obviously they're all very possible things and now that i do them every day it's like oh this is not that big of a deal but at the time it was daunting it was yes. something i just didn't know and sarah very much had that knowledge and uh so she was she was huge in um, the opening of the restaurant and um, still is. I mean, her saltines are still on. Saltines mm-hmm. are still there. The ghetto. Um, yeah, the ghetto. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. Oh, the concept, the French, <laughs> French thing. Yeah. Um, and I've always been very confident in pasta and making pastas. So I, we kind of had this idea of doing like French, Italian, like, like small. Like a cafe. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Spuntino style. And, um, and, then we kind of stepped back and I really started to think about, okay, what food am I actually comfortable doing? Like that I know. And I don't think I truly appreciated my culinary education at CIA until now that I've used it. And I'm like, wow, I actually do know how to do all this stuff. Like I, I learned this and, and it is, it is the French bistro food is the core of what we do. And it's the core of French cooking. It's sauces and, and it's all, it's Julie Child food, you know, yeah. it's, it's familiar. And I always say like, for me, I, the last thing I want is for people to like taste our food and go, Oh, this is, this is interesting. I don't want it to be interesting. No. I don't, that's a very negative thing I know, to me. I hate for that not one. like, yeah, you go to a linea that is interesting food yes. and that's what it's meant to be, but not for us. Yeah. And, um, the other thing that we really talked a lot about was, okay, there's a million Italian restaurants here. Mm-hmm. We, they, they don't need more Italian. What, what do people want? What is, you know, somebody running coastal vineyard care up, up in Santa Maria, going home to their house in San Inez, stopping on the way home? Like, what does somebody want to eat? Mm-hmm. Steak frites, yeah. whole frites, you know, egg salad sandwich, things that if you look at France and bistro food, it's supposed to be affordable. It's, yeah. you know, catering to middle class France. It can be every day. But you know, it's evolved into more, but that was the, the basis of that type of food. It was where everybody could go food that everybody knew and was affordable. It is, you know, I think we've said it's farmer's food and winemakers are Mm. for the most part farmers. Farmers around here. And, um, and we're so lucky the, the wine community, 
um, in the area has really been just great supporters for us uh, from the time that I left the San Diego Valley when I was 17, 18, however old, and then have come back. I mean, it's just, there's so many young winemakers, yeah. the, the caliber and level of winemaking in the area has really just gone through the roof. And, um, and so we thought a lot about them. What did those people want to eat? Yeah. You know? And yes, that's like a broad statement, but that's mm. what you do when you're opening a business. And, um, and that really just helped move us in that direction. And I'm, I'm very much, I'm not somebody in Greg's the same way. Like, I, I also don't like the term, like, this is our take on this. Mm. No, we're just mm. going to make this. And we, for the most part, try and stick to pretty classical preparations yeah. and Anyway, yeah. And we are in California, so it's also, I guess, California cuisine. It's in its way, yes. Where we are. Yeah. We're actually in California. So. Let me ask you, um, and maybe Henry can get in on this. I don't want to disturb him too much, though. If he's We're in a good spot right now. He's okay. dying to speak to the microphone. Oh, is he? Though okay. the iPad is getting low on power, so that mm. we're going we're gonna to okay. have a, another okay. negotiation later. Well, I always ask, <laughs> if, if you knew it was your last day on Earth, what would you eat? What would be your final meal? My final meal would be a uh, probably Daisy's roast chicken, mm. and probably a lemon like some sort of lemon curd dessert that she would make. Really? Yeah, yeah you're making my last meal. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna have to die my on pleasure. separate days. Aww. Uh, and a lemon curd dessert. That's that's it. Those two things. It's from cocktail. I love shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I was like, "There's no seafood." I got to tell you. I'm also, like, no seafood in that, also, in like, that meal. Now, Greg. I'm a little hungry right now, so I'm I'm not necessarily <laughs> thinking as straight. yeah. I was gonna say you love octopus. I do, <laughs> I do. But at the end of the day, there's there's just okay. Right. I'll do. Yeah, you know what? I'm going for it. Final answer: shrimp cocktail <laughs> <laughs> into a roasted Stroll chicken, lemon curd. That's and good. it is about being at the end of the day. It's about the thing. Yeah. It's not necessarily the what? thing you indulge and in. Yeah, you, know you can say like that's a see. very appropriate comment for how we feel about bells. What do you want to eat at the end of the day? And yeah. and what are what's the food that people are going to come back and eat? Yeah, you know? and it's that kind. That's that thing. Daisy. Um. Oh my God. Okay. Um, uh, may, may May I answer? You can answer. <laughs> uh, probably oysters. Really good oysters. Island Creek are still some of my favorite. And. Uh, Carbonara, my mom's carbonara, mm. and uh, I'm not really a dessert person, so I'd probably Just go with a cheese course. Although lemon curd is really something that I would want, and champagne mm. is my favorite thing. That sounds good. Should we and have- a Negroni and a martini, oh. Oh. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, all no, of them. It's my cocktails. last day. So, I don't really sounds care like about my hangover. You're, you're dying of yeah. cirrhosis. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like you're drinking your dinner. <laughs> No, I, but I've got the carbs. Oh, okay, so got I'm it. Okay. Got it. Totally. Do you think Henry wants to answer? Should Let's we ask him. Him. Henry, can we ask you a question? Can you speak into the microphone? You talk. Can you say hi? What's your favorite food? Um, 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 pie. Yeah, a boy. At a boy. You guys, thank you for giving up some of your day to talk to me. Thank you. Thanks thank for having you. us. This is awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to Consumed. It is a labor of love, and I appreciate anyone willing to give me their ears for an hour. Consumed is edited by Chris Lambert. If you have ideas for guests I should interview on Consumed, please visit the contact page at letsgetconsumed.com and be sure to sign up for the Consumed newsletter. Until next time, this is Jamie Lewis. Thanks for getting consumed with me. Consumed.